Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. There we go. (laughs) Greetings, salutations, whatnots. Been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, (laughs) give or take a month. Ish. It happens, you know, off-season. We don't tend to do much in these off-seasons. We did that whole greatest of all teams thing to hold us over last year, but, well, that cost us two co-hosts, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want any twinsies from that experience, so I think we'll be good. Let's move it forward. Good <laughs> evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff of presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Around these parts, I am the voice of reason, allegedly. Joining me, as per usual, tonight he is the anchorman, although going forward, he is the urban dictionary. This is Eric Watkins. Stay classy, W2M. (laughs) So, as I mentioned, we have a news desk episode for you guys tonight. We're going to... Take you down all the latest news and notes and everything. Obviously, there's nothing to talk about in the way of games happening or anything like that right now. There's uh, yeah. uh, there's some breaking news to come out over the course of the last couple of months that we will be getting to. I hope you have the XFL story lined up. Yes, actually, because um, the XFL, CFL, that took a little bit of a turn. So we're going to end the show with the, that particular topic. Very well. We call that a deep tease in this market, or as we like to do here on the kickoff, dun, dun, dun. dramatic reverb. You know where my favorite place to listen to dramatic reverb is, Eric? What place might that be? That would be Amazon Music. Well, I mean, but Amazon Music isn't just all about dramatic reverbs. I mean, they've got whole ass music collections along with podcasts. <laughs> Be it something from the W2M network, like Black Irish, like something from Radalichum Broadcasting, like Chapter Select, or say if you're not with W2M network, that's completely fine too. There's a wide variety of music and podcasts for your listening pleasure. But if you go there right now, it's limited. How do you get unlimited, you ask? You go to getamazonmusic.com backslash W2M network, and you will be able to get a free 30-day trial for Amazon Music Unlimited. In addition, you can listen to any of your favorite W2M network podcasts by searching for the W2M network on any Alexa-enabled device. Again, all you have to do, go to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, and we'll hook you up. That was smooth as butter. Of course, your specialty is being smooth, you some bitch. <laughs> what up, lifestyle? <laughs> legit, legit popped him with that one. Well, well right. played, Broadhurst. Well played. 
right, real quick before we go any further, as is tradition for these months when we do shows here. And on a more serious note, tonight's episode of The Kickoff is dedicated to the memory of Carla Denise Broadhurst, May 20th, 1987 to July 8th, 1996. Miss you, little sis. This one's for you. Eric, shall we get cereal? Yes. Now, I will say, just as like a brief thing, for the co-hosts who aren't here, particularly Jason, well, it's a bit of an interesting thing. He actually came this close to doing his first news desk in a while. But since he is not here, there's a reason for that. He is on the brand new or premiere, if you will, of the second and short podcast as their fantasy football guru. So you head over to second and short. He made his debut. The episode is up on Spotify, Anchor and other listening devices. Give them a listen. Very great insights. And Jason, of course, talking about the Scott Fish Bowl and bringing his vast wealth of fantasy football expertise to the program a very good listen just saying and we offered to kennedy eddings but unfortunately she can't words <laughs> in all sincerity uh jason and kennedy had prior commitments this evening as we all know jason doesn't do news desks that's kind of a thing around here on the w2m network so Eric and I will handle the news desk, and then Jason will bring his smarmy news back when we start getting into the regular episodes of the kickoff, beginning with our college football preview edition, August 5th. Ah, time is getting closer. And funny that you mentioned that August 5th date. Hashtag deep tease. Uh, Eric? Yes? I think it's time to stay classy, W2M. Let's hit the news desk. Well, starting off with a little bit of a doozy here, as I call this one, fines, fines, everywhere some fines. As we went through the... Really? Really? What? What? Awful. Such horrible pun work. Continue. Oh, oh, now you're criticizing me for my pun work (laughs) on this one. To to be fair, though, my pun works are smoother than yours are. I'm just saying. I mean, damn it, I hate when there's facts. (laughs) Carry on. As we went through the interesting and crazy season that were OTAs, the league saw a few things that they did not like from three teams in particular. And there were some fines for the coaches, the teams, and some team restrictions as well. Those three teams, the 49ers and head coach Kyle Shanahan, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, and as if the whole subpoena wasn't enough and being involved in the University of Iowa lawsuit, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, you guys are being put in timeout. Oh, yeah. Um, The 49ers, Cowboys, were both fined $100,000. The Jaguars were fined $200,000 because, of course, Shanahan was fined fifty dollars McCarthy was fined fifty dollars 
Urban Meyer was fined a hundred grand. Again, of course. And for these violations of the non-contact rule, the Cowboys lose one session of OTAs for 2022. The 49ers were forced to cancel their last week of OTAs for this year. And the Jaguars lose not one, but two OTA sessions for 2022. Seriously, why us? Why do we do this? Uh, I have an answer for that, actually. All right. Because now that he's back down there, Urban Meyer has to Florida man. It, it's in his contract. But, 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 no. We had a perfectly good Florida man that was doing just fine, not causing any trouble. He even got rid of his mullet. C- come on. See, no, no, I don't accept this. See, that's like Sam. That's like Samson getting his hair cut, though. I think that's a mistake. But anyways. The Gard- so- Gardner, Gardner Minshew has bigger fish to fry down in Jacksonville these days at the quarterback position, however. Yeah, especially for the news that came out uh, also recently that we will be discussing later on. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. There we go. Um, as far as the as far as the fines go and stuff, I mean, I get the I get these teams trying to work around the the NFL. I almost said the NHL, the NFL's no contact policy. But like, I take you back to the Denver Broncos situation with the lineman that suffered the injury in offseason workouts. Do you really want to risk having a contact injury with your team in these OTAs, and and end up having somebody end up on the shelf for a season because you were stupidly not following policies? Like I get I, the idea, I get the idea behind it of wanting to get an advanced head start here, but everything gets recorded. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a camera these days. If you fuck around and you end up breaking NFL policies, it's going to get back. And while we both agree that Goodell is no tagliaboo, Goodell has been wanting to set his foot down more specifically on infractors of the law in recent times inside of the NFL. And I do understand that, and especially with all the negotiations that happen in the CBA as far as OTAs, padded practices, all these sorts of things in the offseason. So I get that. But at the same time, you don't want what some would call in the media like a wet lettuce leaf, you know, a slap on the wrist. But at the same time, you have to understand you're clearly seeing at least some of the diminished product from not having certain types of practices in the offseason when it comes to the regular season. You're going to see that a little bit more as you're going to have a 17th game now and down the road eventually an 18th. So you're going to want to have a little bit more of a tightrope to walk trying to make sure you're getting everything right in the off season. So when you get to week one, you're going to get maybe not the best of the best of everybody, but something that's going to be a little more watchable and tolerable in early fall months. And I see a muted microphone. <laughs> uh, I guess so. My bad. 
Um, I think the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing for me is what's going to be the carryover effect with the seventeenth game, and then the diminished product on the field. Like you saw, all the injuries we had through the course of the NBA playoffs. Is that going to is something similar going to happen in the NFL once they get back to a regular and even expanded season, expanded schedule this season? I mean, potentially. There was the news that just came out today of a four million dollar investment by the NFL into creating a study to see about hamstring injuries. So I would hope that's them learning from what happened in the NBA and saying, hey, we don't want that necessarily to happen to us. Let's see what we can do about it. So there's at least a level of mindfulness that I can appreciate. Topic number two. From fines to a more modern day classic headline, shots, shots, shots. Shot, shot, shots, everybody. Sorry. This one, a little bit of a dedication to Robert Taylor. This one's for you. Sorry. Course of habit hearing that name on the show. (laughs) Well, you're going to be thankful because uh, Kansas City, little bit of a different kind of trouble. Defensive end Frank Clark. Supposed to be arraigned, but that arraignment was postponed until October on federal assault weapon charges for allegedly having an Uzi in his car. Seriously, what kind of goddamn moron do you have to be? If you want to own one, that's fine. Like, I, 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 I'm pro-gun ownership. I, I'm pro-Second Amendment. Oh, yeah. In what godforsaken universe do you need to be traveling with that inside of your car? Are you planning to go rip off a bank? Did a rival drug gang do you wrong? What possible reason could you have to have a fucking Uzi in your car? Okay, the rival drug gang? No, it's Kansas City, though. It's too far north. And if it were Mexico, I could easily understand. Anyways... Yeah, with all of this, this is just a whole new level of stupidity. I mean, yes, I'm also pro-gun in general. Me, I'm anti-gun from more of a technological standpoint. A lot of moving parts mean a lot more things can go wrong at horrible times. But if you show that you're at least mostly Sane, and you know what the hell you're doing you can go ahead and have guns i don't mind but for something like this what is the point i mean yeah i get that some places have some mean streets around i get that but an uzi really what the ever living shit is my question I, you know what I think it is, Eric? I don't think he gives one-twelfth of a fuck as far as what's happening going forward. Precisely. I, I, I got to agree with you on that one. Gimmick, in, gim, gimmick infringement not only occurs, but is encouraged here on the W2M Network. But remember, folks, try as you might to see it imitated and duplicated. Gimmick infringement is a W2M Network exclusive. So that's how we're phrasing it going forward? Noted. 
I, I have to remind it because there were instances of other hosts on non-W2M programs. You got to keep them in line. Standards and practices and whatnot. Ugh. Standards and practices takes me back to WCW. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, um, no, I mean, WCW, I, I, the early days of game shows, which that podcast will be returning in short order. <laughs> yeah, we do need to talk to Nielsen about putting that together. We'll give everybody more details about that here at the end of the show. But all right, Eric, story number th- we only have seven stories and we're already two two in. Well, I mean, seven originally, but really eight because of the ending. And yes, we are already two in. I told you this wouldn't be that long of a show. That's what she said. See, I'm I'm tempted to throw the shout out again, but I don't want to I don't want to throw you off your game. Story number three, Eric. Well, you you know the glory days of Seattle and that one particular unit that they had? The Legion of Boom? Yes. I call this one you can't spell Legion of Boom without B and E. Nothing not 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 accurate, but funny. Well, I mean, it's actually pretty close if you think about it. Now, hear me out. So, A in Legion of Boom. Hmm? There's no A in Legion of Boom. No, but you can't spell it without B and E. Oh, B and E. Okay, that's fair. Yes, I can grant that. All right. Yes, because again... I'm thinking the word word and you're using the ampersand here. Yes, because it ties into the story. Uh, Yes, Richard Sherman being a dumbass. Continue. Well, not facing not one, but two separate charges in Seattle. One being a hit and run, abandoning his car at a construction site after running through a barrier, and then... Another charge, up to four charges, stemming from an incident where, as a 911 call was released and it detailed, he was drunk, trying to break into a family member's home, got into it with police officers, and they needed a dog to eventually complete the arrest. A judge just today ordered his release. And is also part of that 911 call. He supposedly threatened to kill himself. So not only is he basically released under his own reconnaissance, he cannot drink alcohol, cannot go to the father's house. And some of the more severe charges, including domestic violence, which under Washington state law were attached because it was a home of relatives, were released. But the existing charges are still pretty bad uh eric yes this is going to sound awful okay but uh tell me if i'm wrong here go on oh my god he's turned into antonio brown he's getting there he hasn't gone full brown yet friends never let friends go full brown i'm just saying no, no, and especially you can't blame any sort of hits to the head with this one, but 
I can I, see where you're going. Like, what is it about the offseason that turns players into absolute fucking morons? Well, when you have a bunch of money, you have nothing to do. Certain things happen. Now, granted, you and I have known each other for many years. You put me in a situation where I have a lot of time on my hands and a couple million dollars at my disposal. All right, bad shit's going to happen. I get it. Granted, not levels where I'm going to end up on television, but... Uh, that's, that's not true, because I'm pretty sure with a large amount of money and an extra free time, you'd probably end up on Sex Sent Me to the ER somehow. Okay, let me rephrase. Not something to where I would land on the news on television. Come on, you got to admit, that was a solid reference. That was a solid reference, and I'm thinking, would they let me play myself in that Because <laughs> I know normally they do a lot of recreations with other actors and stuff, but I mean, I am a, we're talking about. I am a thespian, folks. I said thespian. Uh, you can tell I'm in a mood tonight. Well, it, it is that time of night, so don't get me wrong. I, I kind uh, of expected this. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, give everybody a little peek behind the W2M curtain here. Uh, it is currently 12.42 a.m. on the East Coast. 43 a.m. on the East Coast as we're recording this. Because my schedule during the day was busy, Eric's schedule this evening was busy, and this is the only time that our schedules happen to line up in order to be able to do this particular news desk episode of the kickoff. And when it comes time to win recording at this time of night, yes, you're going to get some gloriousness. Here we are. All I'm going to say is episode 69 rules may or may not be in effect this evening. Well, I mean, we are creeping up towards episode 138, so I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Episode 138, the re-giggity. <laughs> I think that has to be that episode's title. It, you pretty much just locked it in. I don't know if you know that. Oh, for sure. hey, you're the one. You're the one that's posting this stuff to the website. Speaking of which, you can find everything on the soon-to-be-updated website for the W2M Network. That is w2mnet.com. All of your favorite W2M Network shows, from Chapter Select to The Kickoff to Black Irish to Jesus, so many other shows that you can check out there. In addition to everything that is brought to you by the uh, Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, such as TV Party Tonight. I know I have a few plugs there. Uh, Jason would have a few plugs as well if Jason did news desks, which we all know he doesn't. But you can find all that and more in the soon-to-be-redesigned W2Mnet.com. Fun oh. fact, Eric. Yes? You know how they're redesigning the W2M Net website? I hear, uh, I, hmm? I, I hear they're using Grammarly. Well, of course. Whenever we go up and we put together our posts for the website, we always use Grammarly. 
It's a very, very handy widget in Chrome, but you can also use the standalone software. And let me tell you, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill, oh, a spell check, or oh, this red line here, or this and that. No, 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 no. You're going to get a very good spell check, a lot of grammar mistakes, context. You can even rewrite full sentences for better clarity. Grammarly will help you with that, too. So and you know, if you're – go ahead. You know when you need clarity, Eric? Yeah. You're sending hate mail. Well, if you're sending hate mail to sdarmer at gmail.com or if you're so inclined to have so many grievances about W2M shows that you put <laughs> together a Google Doc about it. You're going to need Grammarly to put together that Google Doc just well to get your point across. Now, say you're not hateful. Build, and you're not using your time out of all of this needless anger and bloviation. Say you're writing a resume or putting in a job application or even sending an email to loved ones. Maybe they be across the country or halfway around the world. Absolutely. Grammarly will be right there to help you, too. Now, you can just stick with the regular features that Grammarly has. Or. If you go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network, you'll also get a free trial to where you get their extra features, including making sure that you have that proper tone. Let the hatred flow through that Google Doc. Let the love th flow through your emails. Let the professionalism go through in that resume. All of those right at your fingertips if you just go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Dude, our segues are on point tonight. I'm telling you, when you got the wavelength going, you got the wavelength going. Story number four. As I pull back up the list. Now, as we all know, we have your guest hosting run of Jeopardy. This particular guest host was trolled during a final Jeopardy answer and couldn't help but shrug his shoulders when none of the contestants in a particular episode could properly answer a question involving the team that he plays for. So are we calling this particular question leader of the pack? Dot, dot, dot. Actually, no. Who is Aaron Rodgers? Ah, also, also applicable. Very impressive. See, I would have thought that by having that Jeopardy answer, you would have clicked right in on that. So much for the wavelength. Hmm. Okay, to be fair, this whole guest host Jeopardy thing is throwing me, man. But that's a conversation for our, our other podcast. Well, one of our other podcasts. We do a lot of fucking podcasts there. But we give the we got to give the people give the people what they want. I mean, I, I, I am nothing if not spontaneous. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The, the, the person that was meant for will know who that was meant for. Continue. So with Aaron Rodgers spending, as he called, a nice quiet off season not a care in the world, 
even teaming up with Bryson DeChambeau and beating Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and the latest okay. version of the match. Real quick, seriously, why the fuck is Lefty teaming with Brady? Come on, Phil, you're better than that. Continue. I, I mean, sometimes he wanted to feel like even more of a winner. Uh, I can get it in some ways, but he's oh. not giving... He's not giving a very clear time frame of when he's coming back to Green Bay. AJ Hawk has come out and with conversations with him and said, yes, he's going to be back. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. Everything will be sorted. But with after OTAs, after minicamp, and now with training camp coming around the corner, eh, you, there's still a little bit of a hesitance. Is this another situation that's primed to get ugly? Um, I almost feel bad for the unicorn. Really? Waiting, waiting, waiting for that reference to sink in. I, I, I'm sure the, the reference is already sinking in. But you have to be okay. curious about why you're using the particular reference. Um, I, I feel bad there because I think that the era of the Green Bay Packers is over. And the reason I say that is because I genuinely think that Aaron Rodgers, after taking all the time to consider this year, I genuinely think Rodgers is about to tell the pack to fuck off. He doesn't need this. Granted, he is still under contract for another season. But he doesn't need this. He has a potential multi-million dollar a year gig with Jeopardy waiting him if he so chooses. Because Mike Richards was said to be very happy with how Aaron Rodgers performed as, as the guest host on Jeopardy. I do feel that the era of the, of the quarterback in Titletown being the marquee star going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that. By and large, the best quarterback in the NFC North has resided in Green Bay for the last, what, 15, 20 years, if Easily. not more? Easily. Yeah, if not more. I think that era is coming to an end. And the reason I say that is because, okay, Dalton's no, Dalton's no threat in, in Chicago, let's be honest. I, I like Andy Dalton personally. Longtime listeners of the show know that I support Andy Dalton. I donated to Andy Dalton's charity when what happened happened with the uh, Bengals and Ravens. But Dalton is not a high-level quarterback anymore. Hence uh, Justin Fields. Who's, in my opinion, going to be a bust in the NFL, as we talked about. Um, Minnesota is Kirk Cousins, who's, let's be honest, nothing spectacular to write home about either. Hey, now. You put him in a one o'clock Eastern game. That fucker is dangerous. If Green Bay ends up having to start Jordan Love at quarterback this season, I don't think there's any question that the best quarterback in the NFC North this year is Jared Goff in Detroit. Which is a scary thought in and of itself because Goff has been less than spectacular with the Rams. But Jordan Love is an unproven commodity, and if Rodgers walks away, the Pack could suffer for it. I completely agree, and I mean, Packer fans will know guys like Jim Zorn, Woodson, Lynn Dickey, 
and even to a lesser extent, the Magic Man Don Mikowski, Packers fans know what it's like to have great years of quarterback and great errors, but also very lean years in that regard as well. Yes, Jordan Love is still unproven. Yes, we would hope he would have some time to learn in this past year under Aaron Rodgers, but you're absolutely right. If you're relying on him, you're going to struggle at least this year, potentially next as well. And even with the startled look on my face when you had mentioned with Jared Goff being the best quarterback in that division, if that happens, you're not entirely wrong. And all of a sudden that division is thrown into utter chaos. Would Aaron yeah. Rodgers do it knowing his personality and everything? I think it's very likely if Mike Richards and Sony media productions were to come to him and say, Hey, we've seen the ratings. Numbers are in jobs. Yours. If you want it, we'll talk numbers. Let's hook you up. He's done. I mean, oh, even if he manages sure. to finagle something to wear as he mentioned, do the filming in certain times and then play the rest of the season. Hey, there it is right there. And he would care even less. So if I'm Green Bay, I am thinking very long and hard about this. I think that it's coming to a situation that the Packers management has done similar to what's happened with other teams and driven their star player away from the organization. Oh, and yeah. if that ends and if that ends up happening, then the Packers franchise is going to suffer for it, plain and simple. You don't just replace a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. No, they come along once in a generation. And really, if you think about it. So what you're saying is, so what you're saying, once, once in a lifetime kind of players, would that make them unicorns? Yeah, something even okay. beyond unicorns, really. Well, you know. Go ahead, go ahead and finish your thought. If only other teams could be so lucky. But yes, these kind of players, and if you look at Green Bay's history, they're lucky to have had three of them in their franchise since 1960. And if you date back into the entirety of their franchise going back to 1920, they've had four. A lot of NFL teams cannot say that. So, All right. I, I know three of the four. Obviously, you're referring to uh, Favre, Rogers, and Bart Starr. Mm-hmm. Who's the fourth? Bobby Aver played back in the 30s and 40s. Okay. Yes, he was the uh, star quarterback who threw to Don Hudson in his career with the Packers. Hudson, obviously, longtime record holder, 99 touchdown catches in 115 NFL games between the Packers and the Browns. Oh, going through finishing in the early 50s, if I remember correctly. But anyway, I digress. Hmm. See, you don't just get current stuff here on the kickoff. You get a history lesson as well. Professor Watkins tells you that class is in session. <laughs> Story number 
five. Well, this one with, and I, you've heard me use this word before in conversation, the nebulous situation in Washington, the best way I could describe it is the new old lady. Is this so, referring to the fact that Snyder's wife is running the team now? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, because Daniel Snyder's a fucking pig. Well, not to mention the fact that the NFL pretty much, without directly saying it, because NFL, threw their punishment of a $10 million fine and barring Dan Snyder from representing Washington in NFL organized events and team meetings, there was really very little choice. So Tanya Snyder, who was recently named co-CEO, she will be the more public face of the team. And Dan Snyder has said that he will take a break, stepping away from the more minutiae in day-to-day operations of the team and focusing on bigger ventures such as securing a new stadium and whatnot. You know what Daniel Snyder should focus on? What's that? Instead instead of minutiae, he should work on not being a douche. He should, but I mean... Snyder gonna Snyder. Yeah, let's be honest. You see the way that Snyder looks. Do you see anybody who looks like that, and especially with that face and hair and glasses and overall just feel? Does that not just scream rich douche? I believe the words that we would traditionally use are eminently punchable. Yeah, those still hold quite accurate to today. Quite accurate. Your thoughts on uh, Tanya being becoming one of a very limited number of women to control the day-to-day operations of an NFL franchise. I know that there was another one within recent memory as well with uh, Denise DeBartolo York over with the with the 49ers. Well, not to mention you also had with the uh, Bears and I also believe the Arizona Cardinals and the Saints as well. So it- didn't um didn't uh, the the wife of Wellington Marrow run the Giants for a while too? That does sound familiar. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like we haven't seen women women running NFL franchises before. It's not a very commonplace thing, as this is traditionally a male dominated industry. But it isn't exactly out outside of the realm of possibility either. Not whatsoever. And And going along the line, women have shown very, very capable of running NFL franchises with the plum, in regard to the situation and how they got there. I don't know a lot about Tanya Snyder, so I am going to reserve my thoughts. But if if she has shown any other capability like the other women who have come before her, then at a minimum, Washington is in much better hands. Well, I was just about to say, uh, the fact that she is not Daniel Snyder is enough for me to know that Washington is in better hands than it was. This is, this is true. And like I say, you, you've got that going for you. Now, let's see what you have based upon your own merit. I'll, I'll, 
the last thought that I will give you for this, and this will, this should sum it up perfectly for you. You ready? Yes. Daniel Snyder makes the guy who owns the Clippers look like a decent person. That's saying something, and for those who know and who have lived in the D.C. area, and I'm even especially hearkening back to the stories I've heard from Mama Watkins as it's been her stomping grounds. When you have owners like Abe Poland, who owned the uh, then Bullets, and, now the uh, and previous Washington owner Jack Kent Cook, yeah, if Snyder is doing something neither of those owners did, you know he done fucked up. With regards to Daniel Snyder, NFL fans everywhere say goodbye and good fucking riddance. Indeed. Story number six. Staying with the football team. Remember during this Dumpster whole fire. Hmm? <laughs> Dumpster fire of a franchise. Continue. Well, maybe they're going in the right direction because remember as this whole rhubarb was going down and the whole idea of making the brand. Mm-hmm. Well, there's progress on that front. While the show is not in existence, Washington has said they will have their name and logo permanent, no less, in early 2022. And they've already narrowed down to some key candidates, but none of which will involve any sort of Native American imagery. Well, obviously none of them will involve Native American imagery because then they're just going to get fucking sued again. Well, yeah, but again, this was still before Snyder was out the door, so you never know with him. All right, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, saying that we're not going to come out and out, outright be offensive is actually progress for the Washington franchise. Sad this is also think, true. Sad when you think about it, but factually accurate. Um, I'm saying... I'm 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 saying the Washington Americans. Uh there is Americans actually would be interesting and if you do it right you could create a connection to the movie any given Sunday because that was the nickname of the Minnesota franchise in that movie. But again, I digress. Uh there's been talk of Red Wolves, Red Tails. See, wouldn't Red Tail have, uh, like, wouldn't Red Tail have kind of a Native American connotation, though? Actually, no. That goes back to uh, Tuskegee and oh, African American okay. pilots in World War II. Okay, well, that's that would be downright forward thinking of that franchise. I don't feel comfortable with Washington making intelligent decisions like that. Well, for when you have the Red involved you also have things like renegades and presidents still potentially on the table so okay presidents would be stupid just saying renegades i don't hate 
But in fairness, wasn't there an XFL or not an XFL? Yeah, the original XFL. Wasn't one of the original XFL franchises nicknamed the Renegades? That was the Orlando franchise. And you had the Dallas Renegades in the more recent version of the XFL. And you had the Ottawa Renegades in the CFL north of the border in the early 2000s. Before they became. You can go even farther back to the Washington Federals when they relocated to Orlando in the USFL in 1985. They were the Orlando Renegades, coached by Lee Corso. I do believe you need to throw a hashtag a hashtag on that, sir. Hashtag Squidbit. Squidbit, plural. It's been a while since I've been able to drop a couple of those. Feels good. Um, you ready to home stretch this? Yep, we're down to our last two, believe it or not. 75% complete on the stories, 100% in your hearts as a listener. You are listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. I'm your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. I am the voice of reason, allegedly. He is the anchorman. He is Eric Watkins, uh, henceforth known as the Urban Dictionary. Don't ask. If you know, you know. (laughs) And if you know, well, I'll tell you where to go at the end of the show. (laughs) Uh, Absent tonight, however, back with us for the college football preview edition will be Jason Teasley, the unprofessional. He doesn't do news desks. And apparently she can't work tonight either, the locksmith Kennedy Eddings. (laughs) Kennedy will be back with us for the NFL preview come August, or the AFC, the AF, I can't even say the joke correctly. I just made fun of her for not being able to words, and I can't even finish the fucking joke correctly. The ANFC preview, Kennedy Eddings will be back with us for the AFC preview on August 12th as the kickoff enters season five. Uh, August is going to just start out with a bang. Well, here's hoping. Story number seven. I was about to say, I was waiting to see if you would both sell that or not. I, 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 I I was debating and then I finally decided to give you that one. I knew where you were going with that. Technically, it's. Technically, it's mid-August, but that's neither here nor there. Continue. Well, still going to be a banger either way. But for story number seven, we're going to draft pick number one, wearing uniform number 16. That's right. Trevor Lawrence done got paid. Four years, fully guaranteed, of course. Fifth-year option as a first-round pick. You do. $36.8 million with a $24.1 million signing bonus and very beneficial as we continue to the home stretch of the offseason. His cap hit for 2021 will only be $6.2 million. I think this was a great deal and hopefully Trent Baalke, now that he has these numbers in his pocket, will know where to go as we go towards training camp. 
Yeah, I think it's super important that you guys get Lawrence locked up long term there because obviously the uh, the hope and the intention is that he's going to be the face of the franchise going forward, specifically with Urban Meyer as his coach. You guys have a you guys have a very appealing, a very demographically sexy to uh, other marketplaces one two punch there with the sunshine blonde kid from Clemson who took his team to a pair of national championships, as well as the coach, the college football coach who led a trio of national championship winners in his time in the college game before becoming a analyst on a nationally syndicated uh, Saturday morning uh, college football broadcast in the Fox's uh, big 10, the big 10 yeah. or the big, big new. Yeah. Big noon kickoff. Right. Now, with all of this, I'm willing to admit there's been many, many speed bumps so far, but I think that with this, especially numbers wise, he's comfortable. He's getting his money. The team is set up. Well, this is our first big, all right, we got this right sort of a move. And I'm glad of that because now this should hopefully mean, okay, now that we got this right, let's see. Yeah, it's a mutually beneficial contract. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you there. It's a mutually beneficial contract. I think that this Mm -hmm. is a contract that gets Lawrence paid while guaranteeing the finances for it so he doesn't have to worry about the fear of repercussions if anything were to happen, such as injury or such. But at the same time, it's still friendly towards the team because a lot of it is back capped with regards to the signing bonus and everything that the team will still be able to have the finances in order to make the improvements wherever they need to be made going forward in the AFC South. The problem for you guys, and I think you'll agree with this, is outside of Houston, who is a goddamn dumpster fire, uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee make for a very difficult division for Jacksonville. I do think the Jaguars will be improved this year. I just I don't think that they can be improved enough to be a serious playoff contender at this point. And without going too in-depth and saving that for the AFC predictions in a week's time, I completely agree. I'm going to present that point and a lot of realism. Jaguars fans are only somewhat realistic in this sense. And even others who are looking at the Jaguars are saying, well, a lot of great things. Let me tell you this now, and I will explain why when the time comes. Calm your tits. Uh, Here's the problem, Eric. And I think we talked about this a couple of years ago with uh, Buffalo. Buffalo has been fortunately able to realize it. You ready? Mm -hmm. Potential is a dangerous thing. True. But at the same time, Potential just means you ain't done it yet. They say I'm cocky, and I say, what? It ain't bragging, mother, if you back it up. We'll have hey. to see if they can back we'll have to see if they can back things up in Jacksonville. The faces are the faces are there, the signs are there of a franchise moving forward. Rather or not the franchise actually does. Done, done, done. Extra dramatic reverb. Let's pay. Let's let's harken back to one of our favorite off-season distractions from a couple of years ago, Eric. Let's talk XFL. Well, not just XFL. We've got a CFL. few things to talk about on that front. CFL as well. 
Remember when you said that August 5th date for our preview? I do. There's something else that's going to return August 5th. The Canadian Football League? The 2021 season will officially begin August 5th. And the Grey Cup will be presented to the winning team after the Grey Cup game on December 12th. Football, Canadian Football League during the NFL season. That'll be an intriguing concept. I don't know that that happens all that often. It actually does. Uh, Their normal Grey Cup game is right around Thanksgiving. Okay, so maybe it's that I don't pay attention because I'm just so invested in the NFL season. But mm-hmm. I, I will be curious with all of the downtime the CFL's had because there hasn't been a season in like two and a half years, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. Because of the pandemic, end the government... 20... Hmm? The end of 2019 was the last we saw of the CFL. Correct. That fateful day, November 2019, where the Winnipeg Bombers ended a long drought in winning the Great Cup. The 2020 season completely canceled because of the pandemic. A lot of reasons swirling about why that happened and the government deciding not to give the league any money to help sustain themselves. Consider that for what it is. Ottawa, they did the same thing here in 2021. However, a lot of the teams came together and with how things were looking throughout the provinces in Canada, they said, all right, we can make this happen. Just delayed. So now you have your players coming up. They're starting to go through their camps. No preseason this year. So once August 5th comes, it will be week one. The season will be truncated. 14 games instead of your normal 18. And you have at it. But before all that happens, you mentioned the XFL. Rightfully so. With the USFL coming out and saying, we're set. There's already been some more updates on that as far as ownership model, be it single entity like the XFL was in 2020. Or if the proper people are vetted and the finances are there, individual owners for the eight franchises But with Fox stepping in with their minority stake as being a broadcast partner, part owner, sometime in 2022, most likely the spring, the USFL is going to be a go. Now, we mentioned on the last news desk about the XFL-CFL merger. Well, it's dead as a doornail. The CFL decided, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. We're not necessarily liking what we're seeing. We're ending talks. And so while the XFL has been very, very noticeably quiet, their most recent announcement, they're going to kick off in 2023. So the spring and summer football calendar could soon become very, very crowded. I think competition's a good thing, though. Like, we were excited for the comp- potential competition between the AAF and the XFL. Obviously, it never materialized with the AAF going belly up as fast as it did. I think it was, Ooh, what, eight, that eight weeks was... into the season? Was it? Yeah. Either seven eight. or eight. 
it was either seven or eight. Either way, it wasn't long at all. No. So I think that having multiple opportunities for players to make themselves in the NFL's downtime is fantastic for the players. I do worry about what it's going to do with regards to coverage of football here in the United States. And the reason I say that is you worry about the potential for oversaturation of the football fan. Now, the NFL is always going to be the top dog. And people are going to watch NFL games regardless of when said NFL games are on because football is king in America. And I don't think there's any questioning that at this point. Has been since the 70s. So if you put an NFL game on, even the fact that you put an NFL game on a fucking Tuesday like they did with Buffalo and Tennessee this year, people are going to watch the NFL. I think that the... um, the USFL relaunch as well as the XFL relaunch are going to depend on the kind of television coverage that these games have and the general interest in regards to the level of play. The XFL's level of play, and I'll, I'll let Eric speak here to this here, but Eric will agree with me on this point. The XFL's level of play when it came back two seasons ago in the uh, 2019 campaign, or excuse me, the 2020 campaign before everything went to hell in a handbasket. The XFL's level of play was surprisingly good completely agreed a lot of the rules and things in that matter helped but the talent that they were able to get and how they organized well exponentially better than the aaf and not to mention exponentially better than the original version of the xfl as well which was seen as more of a joke by pro football standards honestly to longtime historians it was an attempted redemption for vince mcmahon's xfl Mm -hmm. the problem the problem is with Vince McMahon wanting out now because of the fact that it imploded the way that it did. It led to the lawsuit that it did with uh, what's his name? Um, Andrew Oliver Luck. Andrew Luck's dad. Yeah. Everything imploding to that, we get to the point now where it's a former CFL player in Dwayne The Rock Johnson that is now taking owner uh, taking over as the uh, the CEO of the XFL between himself and his ex-wife Danny Garcia. So it'll be curious to see whether or not that quality of play remains there upon the relaunch of the XFL, especially now that it's potentially possible that they will be fighting for players with not only the USFL, but even potentially the CFL as well. And this is the rub. If you're looking at college teams and players who even play in Europe, in the European League of Football, there's players. You're going to be able to get at least some players. The question is how many. And this is where infrastructure and talks and negotiations are key. I am being a part of a discord that has followed this every step of the way, putting out my own theories about which leagues would work together, which ones wouldn't. Something is really going to have to give. In my personal opinion, if time goes down the road and the leagues stay small as they should, it wouldn't surprise me to see an XFL, USFL at minimum partnership like they wanted with the CFL or some merger in some form, be it full on or like what the AFL and NFL were from 1966 through 1970. Something like that, I think, would be necessary because, yes, the USFL is going to get a head start. 
The USFL has at least some infrastructure. And the bigger wild card is going to be the spring league because there's a lot of talk. And it has been a lot of suggestion to where the spring league would go back to where it was a more non-televised sort of much more organized mini camp. But that spring league would be more of a feeder to the USFL. That happens. The XFL is really going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, I think that they could, you could almost set up a minor league system of sorts in regards to professional football here in the United States. And especially with the fact that that uh, minor league system would run during the NFL's downtime. But again, like I said a few moments ago, I believe the problem there could potentially become oversaturation. It, it could. And you could also see we are talking a minor league. Look at what happened with the AAF. That was a premise of, oh, we're going to be a developmental league. The NFL was like, huh? What? Who? No. Bye. Eric, Eric, I believe that wraps us up. Yeah, I said in advance. We didn't have the great big news dump like we had the day of our last news desk, and this one wasn't going to be that bad. So I got a story for you. Uh, a witch, a grasshopper, a squid, and an eagle walk into a bar. You'd think one of them would have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think, I think I've been subtle enough to go ahead and put a wrap on this show, don't you? Yeah, well, I mean, in a lot of times, it's always best to go ahead and wrap it up before you continue on to other activities. Knowledge is power. Communication is key. I'll leave the rest of that sentence to your imagination. If you know, you know. All right, let's wrap it up here. You, uh, Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. Yes, I know with the summer of soccer, I have not been doing a lot of live tweeting. I am sorry, but trust me, if you would have caught me the day of the Euro final, you would not have wanted me to be tweeting out there to begin with. I'm doing everybody a favor. Same thing with Copa America. But as the Gold Cup continues, I'm going to be out there. Believe me. But... If you don't want to deal with live tweeting or the lack thereof or anything else of that nature, and you're th- thinking about advice for tutoring or wanting to see me start flame wars or what have you, check me out on Facebook. Eric Watkins, Guy, Wine, Recliner, what have you. Now, if you're trying to get into some insight on shenanigans for episode 138, and you happen to know a little bit of the things that we've been talking about, you can go on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. Slide into my DMs. You give me the clues of who you are, then the vetting process will be bypassed. If you don't, then you will have to go undergo that thorough and strict vetting process in order to gain access to my dark Twitter, Snapchat, Telegram, maybe Bliss, OnlyFans, few different places in that regard. And as always... This plug brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Website coming soon. 
commercial coming soon, tax consultation services now available, notary public services available in the state of Florida, wedding officiating services available in Florida as well, and mm, potentially more teaching services coming soon. Fingers crossed. Possibly. Hmm. Um, you do realize I'm never going to be able to hear you do your intro without giggling at the word vetting again. <laughs> like, vetting uh, is important. We all know that. Uh, facts. C- consent is mandatory. Shout out. <laughs> All right. Um, I am ATV the Eagle pretty much everywhere, literally. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Yahoo, hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. You know the deal by now. <laughs> Still got time to snap that one off. Uh, I legit popped Eric and it threw me off there. Um, Twitter. Grapple, if you're into pro wrestling, you can check out my star ratings over on Grapple. I do need to go back and catch up on the last couple of pay-per-views because I've gotten lazy a little bit because my time has been otherwise entertained. I wonder why. If you were to if you were to wander back to Snapchat, just saying. I needed the space on my phone. I'm sorry. Maybe if I put it on my computer, we'll see. Because it's not available on my tablet. Or I would have put it on my tablet. I don't don't boo me. Boo the people at Amazon's uh, Kindle store. Who do you think I'm booing? Come on, Bezos. You're gonna let an 18 year old into space, but you, you can't create a tablet that'll support Snapchat. Boo Ernst. I was saying boo Ernst. Yeah, I was saying boo Ernst too. Scooby, how'd you get in here? And where did Hans Moleman come from? Hell, what's going on around these parts? <laughs> I-Y-K-Y-K, Eric. I-Y-K-Y-K. You know we're going to pop each other with that what's the other two return, right? Oh, yeah. They're going to be so in the dark, and I'm here to see it. <laughs> <laughs> they won't, but we will. <laughs> pop myself with that <coughs> i almost died eric jesus don't die <laughs> yeah really slight left to go i gotta stick around all right you have been listening to the kickoff a presentation of the w2m network i'm trying to get my my wit back about me here online at w2mnet.com in addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Um, oh, yeah. If you're interested, me and Eric might have a little detail about a future project coming up as well. You know what we do have a quick detail about, though, is life is like a game show. The greatest game show ever tournament has concluded. The main show will be starting soon once Eric and I are able to hook up with Jonathan Nelson and record our pilot episode, getting to know the guys behind Life is Like a Game Show. And then we will move on to our tournament winner. Who was that tournament winner? 
I guess you'll just have to listen to the episodes over in the W2M archive on Spotify to find out, won't you? Rancid Randy would be proud. And yes, hashtag moving 2021 is putting a mild damper on things. Once Nelson gets settled, life will be once again like a game show. Uh, Eric, you want to throw out a quick plug to Black Irish and then we'll give Jason another quick plug before we get out of here. Oh, yeah, we schedules again. We're trying to figure everything out, but you can hear myself, Jason and Kennedy, because she loves being on there, providing her takes as well, preparing for another round of adult conversations on a black Irish. Stay tuned, because, yeah, if you thought that we had some doozies before with our last episode, which call it for what it was, did quite well. We've got some big ones coming up in this next batch. So be prepared, but if you're offended, just fuck off. (laughs) Jason is also bringing back the cheap seats. Although technically, it's the cheap seats fantasy edition as part of second and short over on anchor.fm. You can check out everything over there with regards to that. I believe it is called Second and Short officially, but it's the Cheap Seats Fantasy Podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's available on Anchor.fm. Jason and Kennedy will both be back for the August 12th AFC Preview Edition of the kickoff. Jason will be back for sure for the August 5th College Football Preview Edition of the kickoff. You have been listening to the kickoff, and we'll catch you next time as we have been a presentation of W2M.